This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Monday, January 31st, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. We are live streaming on Rumble YouTube and Blaze TV. And this is a very, very exciting day for me. First off, most importantly, as you know, the truck from LA with all of our stuff arrived here in Miami. Finally, on Friday, we've been unpacking all weekend. It's been a little haywire around here. You still might hear some banging and some other things as things are being moved and we're doing some patchwork and other such nonsense. But I have my desk, my old trusty desk. It's back, my old trusty chair. You may see that my posture will be a little bit better. I felt I was sitting in a like a stool kind of situation, like a bar stool. And I felt the last couple shows, I was a little like this. But today I'm back. I'm sitting up straight with my shoulders back and I'm very excited. And speaking of sitting up straight or standing up straight with one's shoulders back, there is a rumor, and I don't wanna say anything out of school, but there is a rumor that a guy named Jordan Peterson, a little known Canadian psychologist, is in Miami this evening doing a show at the Fillmore Theater. And then there is another rumor, a rumor that is running in parallel with that rumor, that some guy, perhaps, that you may be watching right now, might be opening for that little known Canadian psychologist tonight as a reunion of their 120 some odd, 20 country show tour that they did throughout 2018 and 2019. This might be the one night in Miami, in the free state of Florida, that the reunion show kicks in. It is possible, that's what I'm hearing. I'm also hearing the tickets are unavailable, that it's completely sold out. You might wanna look into that if you're in the South Florida area, Uh, we shall see. We have, ladies and jelly spoons, a jam-packed show for you. I usually say ladles and jelly spoons. I said ladies and jelly spoons right there. It's mixing it up for you. Uh, We got an absolutely jam-packed show. Like, I feel like this show is as thick with the type of stuff that I like doing. Sometimes we get a show, you know, sometimes it's like, ah, is there enough news to talk about? We got one or two stories. Eh, Let's see. But this show is just like going to be like punching through a brick wall. Uh, First off, the big thing, and I think this is the most important cultural thing and political thing at the moment, uh, is this Joe Rogan versus Spotify situation and that artists musicians, free speech warriors, uh, such as Neil Young and Joni Mitchell are fleeing Spotify because of misinformation specialist Joe Rogan. So we're gonna talk about that. There's a lot to talk about. And it's actually sort of permeating through all throughout society right now. Not, Not just the cultural war and the big tech thing, but it's leaking into the political thing. There's business aspects to this. It's, it's super interesting. And Rogan has responded to some of the nonsense. Then the really, the, the story outside of our borders, that's the big one. And again, I mentioned this on Friday, it's just not gonna be picked up by the mainstream media till we absolutely force them to pick it up. And I think we're maybe getting to the precipice of that is this incredible 
convoy of truckers that have been going to Ottawa in Canada, thousands and thousands of, of people, possibly the largest uh, truck convoy in world history to protest the, the mandates and uh, the lockdowns and the rest of the nonsense. And Justin Trudeau has gone into hiding, apparently, because it's apparent, you know, these people are obviously Nazis. That was a joke. And, uh, and now he has COVID, I guess. That's some timing on that one, huh? Uh, so we'll talk about that. Then the sort of theme of the show last week of what's going on with the last remaining good liberals. I'm talking about Bill Maher, the Barry Weiss types. Well, Bill Maher went on an awesome rant on his show on Friday talking about exactly what I was addressing, which is are the good liberals ever gonna really fight the left and what is left on the left and has liberalism just sort of collapsed on itself? Well, Bill Maher stepped up to the plate. I sent some people over at his show or watching this program. Uh, and then finally, this Lindsey Graham guy who is a Republican senator, he, uh, he's repeating some of the racist nonsense coming from Joe Biden about how we have to have a black female Supreme Court justice, not a Native American, they don't care about them, not an not a Indian, you know, not a uh, Asian, black, she's gotta be black. So we're gonna talk about that. Uh, and before I get to any of that, uh, we gotta show you this picture, just put up the picture, this is just nuts. Uh, this is from uh, Hamill Law on Twitter. This is last night at the Rams game at SoFi Stadium here in LA. Uh, and she wrote, did you enjoy, at Gavin Newsom, did you enjoy uh, San Francisco versus LA tonight at SoFi Stadium? Love your gorgeous maskless face. Unmask my children now, please. My toddler, five-year-old and seven-year-old are going to school in LA County tomorrow and will be sent home if they unmask like this even outside. So of course there's Gavin Newsom, that evil freak. He's standing next to Magic Johnson, who of course I love Magic Johnson. Uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of LA, was also there. By the way, I do know that every time I gratuitously mention California, as I've done right now, I have to put $5 towards my fleeing California fund, which we will give to somebody at the end of the year to help them flee California. Let's say I've done it about 10 times so far. It's at about 50 bucks. Here's another five. We're at about 55 bucks. Michael, make sure we have a spreadsheet and we're counting that and you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I would say generally speaking, like if you don't get it at this point, they want your children masked. They want them depressed. They don't care. They think they are better than you. They are the elites and you are peons. Leave LA. Leave California. There is no shame that will work. There is no honest assessment of what's going on that will work. There is no scientific data to prove anything that they're doing. All of this stuff is designed. It's them versus you. I'm with you, but you have to be for you. And you know where you can be for you? Florida. So get to Florida or get to Tennessee or get to Texas. That's your chance. You gotta leave. You gotta leave. Okay, all right, let's talk about this Rogan versus Spotify situation because it's escalating. And as I said, it's sort of leaking into like every part of society right now. And it should actually, because this fight over free speech and how we are uh, ruled over by big tech and how that is connected to how governments can control us and the rest of it, this is big stuff. So, uh, you know this Prince Harry, he married this uh, Meghan lady, uh, they have, uh, decided that they're gonna do a nonprofit devoted to combating misinformation. And now they have gotten involved in this. Uh, we've got a statement from Prince Harry and Princess. Is she princess, technically? She's on her way to be princess? Duchess, she's the Duchess. Okay, there you go, the Duchess. So Prince and Duchess, here's what they said about this whole Rogan Spotify misinformation brouhaha. Since the inception of Archwell, that's their foundation dealing with misinformation, we have worked to address the real-time global misinformation crisis. Hundreds of millions of people are affected 
affected by the serious harms of rampant myths and disinformation every day. Last April, our co-founders began expressing the concerns to our partners at Spotify about the all too real consequences of COVID-19 misinformation on its platform. We have continued to express our concerns to Spotify to ensure changes to its platform are made to help address this public health crisis. We look to Spotify to meet this moment and are committed to continuing our work together as it does. So of course what these people are saying and what sort of the mainstream narrative right now is saying is that there's this popular podcaster, this Joe Rogan guy who sits down with people for three hours and he sits down with all sorts of scary people. Some of the people that he sits down with that are so scary include uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who is basically the founder of the mRNA technology that the vaccines are based upon. Uh, so he sits down with, with these people and he talks about things. And that's very, very scary to a certain set of people who just want you to get information, accept it as true and live life accordingly. Well, Rogan's not taking it lying down, and he uh, released about a nine-minute Instagram video. We've got uh, two clips from it. Here you go. The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist, and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. Okay, first off, Good on you, Joe Rogan, defending what you've done, defending the guests that you've had on, and defending their right to say what they think. And as he pointed out, they are quite credentialed. So these are people who are uh, well-versed in these issues and should be allowed to say these things. Now, by the way, if they weren't well-versed and if they were just sort of nutbags or conspiracy theorists or everything else, you're still allowed to speak. You are, here in the United States. You still are allowed, okay? At least for now. Um, so, so Rogan, is making a good point there. Now, already though, you can see that there's a little bit of a problem here. The fact that he now feels that he has to address this shows you the encroachment, right? So you've got the, the prince and the duchess and they're coming after him with their misinformation campaign to stop misinformation. Rah! And now you've got the entire machine coming down and we're gonna pressure Spotify to do things. So Rogan already, instead of doing what he does on a normal day, which is probably work out and you know, watch some MMA stuff and prepare for the podcast and do whatever else he does, cooks a lot of elk meat, etc. He already feels that he has to defend himself to some degree. Now, even though it is, there are times when you absolutely do have to defend yourself, you can see how they've moved on him. They've moved on him a bit. And he went on uh, to talk about what Spotify is gonna do because they've already addressed, the CEO addressed what they're gonna do about this scary Joe Rogan program. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, which I think is very important. Sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Ah, very happy with that. Okay, this is where this gets mixed up. And just for the record, I'd be happy to talk to Rogan about this. 
Uh, so this is not attacking Joe Rogan. Uh, but this is where the danger kicks in. Spotify is basically saying, we're gonna put these warnings on things. Now, we've all seen these warnings, right? Every time you go on Instagram now, they're putting warnings all over every meme. Like Twitter puts warnings on things. If you say things that, you know, four months ago were conspiracy theories that are now true, like we all, we all know that game and how that is played. Uh, but Rogan saying that he's for this idea is dangerous because everything is controversial. Why is it that, that COVID-related misinformation or COVID-related controversy is something that should have to be dealt with differently? Like you could talk about mi the Middle East. Is that controversial? Yeah. So are we gonna have warnings on that? The person that we have on who's a historian may not know absolutely everything about everything and may have their own personal views that they're gonna share right now. Literally everything. You could bring on two people to talk about MMA as Rogan does, and there could be controversial opinions on that related to transgender people fighting biological males and do do do, and we better have a warning on that. There is no topic that is worth listening to for three hours, certainly, that is not controversial to some degree. So already by putting this warning on, well, first off, I don't think anyone's paying attention to these warnings. So Spotify's, Spotify's throwing the, the mob a little something here, and maybe in Rogan's mind, and I, I can certainly understand this, when the pressure builds enough and you've just had enough of the headache, you're like, ah, you know what, let them throw the freaking warning on because nobody's gonna pay attention to it and it doesn't matter. However, you can see that there obviously is a slippery slope here because this is sort of what they did to Alex Jones at some point. Like the machine just went on him and it doesn't even matter what it was about anymore. This is about the principle, not the person. Like eventually you put enough warnings on enough Rogan things and then enough advertisers drop out. And then next thing you know, Spotify is looking at the books and they're going, boy, an awful lot of people do uh, watch and listen to Joe Rogan, but we don't make any money on that. So maybe we should bring that Neil Young back. He's a cash cow, man. Uh, but all that being said, there's, it's not as if there's no precedent for this and it's not as if there was no way of seeing that some of this stuff with Spotify was gonna happen because you guys may remember about a year and a half ago when, when Rogan took the jump. So in essence, left YouTube as his main platform and then moved over to Spotify. Uh, Spotify did censor, I think it's 46, it's 45 to 50, it's a little unclear, uh, of Joe Rogan's videos. We've got the full list here. I'm just gonna read a couple of the names. It was over 40 people. Uh, these episodes that were censored included comedian Chris D'Elia, Alex Jones, of course, comedian, and my friend Brian Callen, Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin, who is a good guy and an old school liberal, uh, Gavin McGinnis, Eddie Bravo, Joey Diaz, War Machine, David Seaman, Brian Redband. I'm not even sure who all of these people are, uh, but the simple truth is there is there was a warning sign here, right? Like that's what this is about. When he signed the deal, he took 200 million bucks. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging him. And no one has ever offered me $200 million. I don't know what I would do in the face of $200 million. And maybe they went through every single one and they said, this is why and this and all of that stuff, okay? Even though some of those people I, I think are his friends and comedians. The point is that there was a track record there of this is what this company stands for. So Spotify said these are 46 or so scary interviews I don't know that anyone has ever hurt because of any of those interviews. These are usually words. If anyone made a direct threat of violence or actually murdered somebody, say, or tried to sell drugs, something like that, these people would be dealt with by the law. Uh, but he did sign on the dotted line. He said, okay, I'll take the 200 million, which I've heard is actually much more than that. I'll take it. 
and you can get rid of those. So we should have had some sense that this was going to come. And again, I actually don't mean that as a, as a real judgment call on Rogan. It's just to paint a full picture of what's going on here with Spotify and, and any relationship, myself included, that anyone who talks for a living or who interviews for a living or who communicates ideas for a living, any of us that do this, that enter a relationship with a company that we don't control uh, are gonna have this risk. It's exactly why I started Locals. It's exactly why we merged with Rumble because I, I know the people that are in charge. And that may not be a perfect situation. It's, it's pretty damn close and we're doing the best we can. Uh, and I just had a bunch of meetings in Sarasota over, over in, uh, uh, at Rumble's new offices in Sarasota to discuss all this stuff. Um, but that is the problem. When, when you don't own your stuff completely, when someone else is paying your salary, you're always beholden to somebody. So I'm, I'm very impressed that Rogan's fighting back. Uh, but you can see that the machine moved a little bit. Now there'll be warnings. Now there'll be warnings. But that made me think, why is it that the machine never puts warnings on things when there's misinformation from the other side? Because it's not as if there's no evidence that the other side might put out misinformation. Connor, I think let's do the Maddow clip first. How about that? Let's jump to Rachel Maddow spreading misinformation. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were, right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Joe Biden spreading misinformation. They're, you're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Really? Can we play that again? Because maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe that was just me. You're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. That is 100% of a lie. That is misinformation. That is disinformation. Notice I never said that on this show. Why didn't I say that on this show? When, when people thought that that was the truth, when the CDC was saying it, when Pfizer executives were saying it, when Joe Biden was saying it, how come I never came out and just parroted what they said? Because I have something called a brain. And I thought, well, I don't know, just because a pharmaceutical company is saying something and just because the president then repeats what the pharmaceutical company is saying is how would I know that that's actually true? So I waited and then by waiting, you're not gonna believe this. It turned out that it wasn't true. Not only can you get COVID with the vaccines, but you can transmit COVID with the vaccines. Of course, that's very different than what CDC director Rochelle Walensky said a little while back. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. The point is that when they show these warnings on things, the warnings only go one way, right? You guys all know that. The warnings only go one way. And Rogan's gonna have to stand up now. And all of us that care about freedom that care about our ability to discuss ideas, that care 
really just that, that you are allowed to make some kind of choice over your life, we better stand with Rogan right now. It's as simple as that, because it ain't gonna be easy. Whatever that pressure is that's brought to bear on him, whatever the phone calls he's getting from the Spotify executives, from his agents, uh, maybe the, the fan mail, whatever it is, or just the mob, like just the anonymous mob that shows up on Twitter and wherever else they show up, like it is pressure, it is real. I have dealt with it to a degree and everyone has a breaking point. So uh, Rogan, I wish you the best of luck in this whole thing. Uh, all right, let's move on to this uh, situation up in the great white north of Canada. As you guys know, there has been this massive truck convoy basically driving across Canada uh, sometimes people are saying it's up upwards of 50,000 trucks. Uh, people protesting the draconian lockdowns and mandates by the Justin Trudeau government. We've got some more info here from the post-millennial. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has reportedly been whisked away to a secret location as a convoy of truckers has descended on Ottawa to protest the government's vaccine mandates. The Independent reports that the Trudeau family has left their residence due to security concerns over the truckers who are currently gridlocking the city with their trucks, honking their horns and participating in protests, including singing the national anthem outside parliament. That does sound scary. Uh, Trudeau has reportedly been in isolation after one of his children tested positive for COVID. Okay, so let's be clear. You can sort of see, and Canada has a very perverse version of this because so much of their mainstream media is state-funded. You can see that they're shifting the narrative here already. It's not just people who are sick of masks, sick of mandates, sick of lockdowns, saying, hey, we're gonna all come together and we're gonna protest, which is your right in free Western democracies. Now it's, uh, they're blocking things and you know Trudeau kind of called them racist and they're spreading misinformation. And then Trudeau had to go into hiding because they wanna make it seem like these people are violent, like they're Nazi adjacent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, we've got some video of those Nazi adjacent people as they arrived in Ottawa and you tell me what you see. Scary stuff, isn't it? They got to Ottawa, they started dancing in the street. There were people and other people and they were breathing on each other and smiling and sharing joy and the desire to save their country. I'm freaking out over here. My buddy Ezra Levant from The Rebel, which is one of the few independent media organizations in Canada, he gave an absolutely fantastic speech to the people of Ottawa. We've got a little bit. What do we do about the media? I say you become the media, that's what you do. The media acts like a party, the media party. It's a subsidiary of the Liberal Party. So you've got to tell the story yourselves. Everyone who is here, everyone who is along the road has to bear witness and testify to what they saw. Because there's two competing narratives. The government says you're racist. The government says you're sexist. The government says you're violent. In the meantime, I've never seen a more diverse group of Canadians. 
one who has violated our civil rights. You think you're a fringe? Well, that's a pretty bloody big fringe. Tell them what happened. Tell them what you saw, because they will not hear the truth from anyone else. God, that's freaking awesome. I consider Ezra, Ezra a friend. He is a good man, and that is an inspirational speech. By the way, as you know, it's freezing in Canada. These people would prefer, and as I mentioned on Friday, Canadians are pretty like calm and cool and collected. They would prefer to be inside with a fire and some heating, right? But they're out there saying, we must fight this evil insanity that is not stopping, that is closing our churches and our schools and everything else. He said a couple things there that I want to quote. You become the media. What a great line. Guys, all of you watching this, you are as powerful as the media. You know, the media that has existed for a long time, maybe it was always lying to us all, all the time. Maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it's only in the last 20, 10, five years that because of technology, we've been able to expose them at the level. So now it seems like they lie about everything. Maybe they've been lying way longer about way more stuff than we thought. I, we can have some separate discussions about that, but every single one of you have a, have a brain, you have an opinion, you have a life, you have thoughts, and you have a phone, and you can get those things out there, at least for now, right? And we're working on the tech solutions to make sure that you'll be able to do it long-term. But he's right, you're the media. Just because the New York Times prints something, just because some rag up in Canada prints something doesn't mean it's true. And they're preying on the fact that we're all afraid to talk to each other, that we're all afraid to say what we really think. And the more that we don't say what we think, the more that they feel that they can encroach. He then went on to say, you've got to tell the story yourself. I love that. There's a story happening in the world. And as that Jordan Peterson guy, who I may be doing a little something with tonight in Miami, uh, often would say, wouldn't you want to be the main character in your story? Wouldn't, isn't that the best thing to be when you watch a movie? It's usually about the main character. That's why the word main is there. He's the driver of the whole freaking thing. Well, you got a chance. And then finally, bear witness to what you saw. Do not believe that because the Canadian media or the New York Times or CNN tells you that those people out there are racists and bigots and sexists and even anti-vaxxers or whatever, whatever ridiculous pejorative term they wanna use to describe those people who have just been pushed far enough that they had to create this convoy to drive across a frozen tundra to get outside and give speeches and dance with other freedom-loving people. Don't believe any of the nonsense that they are pushing on you on all of that. And if you want to bear witness, how about we end this segment with a little inspiration, a little music, and here is what Baron Witness looks like.
freaking awesome. We're not going to take it anymore. That's what they did to the good, decent Canadian. The good, decent Canadian who just wanted to live their life. They pushed them far enough that this is what's going on. So I just want to be very clear about something. I stand with you, good, decent Canadian. I stand with you against Justin Trudeau and all of the people who have done this to you. 100% without equivocation. That's how I feel about all this. And I'm going to keep covering it. And I believe that if enough of us do, if enough of us bear witness, if you on the ground bear witness to what's going on, if you on the ground become the media, then guess what? It starts traveling through the internet. And then some crazy guy in Florida picks it up and he talks about it on his show. And then next thing you know, somebody else talks about it on their show. And next thing you know, something else happens. And then you change the world. Why not, right? Speaking of change the world, there is something seriously interesting going on over on HBO at Real Time with Bill Maher. Obviously, I've been spending a lot of time talking about this, that Bill Maher represents a very small fraction of liberals who remain true to liberalism. I, at this point, might have some political disagreements with Bill. I would say I've shifted away from that sort of pure liberal position, uh, but I do agree with him on a lot of things. And, and what we agree on or disagree on is actually irrelevant. Bill represents what a sane liberal is, which is why so many conservatives are often saying, hey, I disagree with Bill Maher, but he's right on free speech. He's right on mandates, blah, 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 blah. Well, Bill is really going all in on this and he's really picking a fight with the left. And this is what we've needed all along. We have needed the good liberals to step up. I tried for five years to try to get enough good liberals to step up. They kind of couldn't do it. They're afraid of their own shadow. I think there's reasons for that. There are flaws in liberalism in and of itself, uh, but Bill's doing it and credit is due. And I'm going to give the guys some credit. So this is a little portion uh, Friday night on Real Time with Bill Maher. People sometimes say to me, you don't, you didn't, you didn't used to make fun of the left as much. Yeah, because they didn't give me so much to work with. <laughs> when normal people read that San Francisco has basically legalized shoplifting, they think Democrats have gone nuts. They think, you know, that Ted Cruz, Cruz guy seems like a real stiff. But at least he believes in the concept of shopping with money. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my fault that the party of FDR and JFK is turning into the party of LOL and WTF. <laughs> Members of Congress tweeting things like cancel rent cancel mortgage, and no more policing or incarceration, declaring that capitalism is slavery, canceling Lincoln and Dr. Seuss, teaching children their oppressors and math is racist, making Mr. Potato Head gender neutral, <laughs> and now an emoji for pregnant men. Real. I'm not making it up. Yeah, you get it, Bill. The problem that you and I are having, or let's say the, the difference of opinion or difference of conclusion is that at the end, you got to stop voting for these people. And at the end, the problem is that it has infested the entire Democratic Party. And the problem is that there aren't enough good Democrats, old school JFK, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, Ed Koch, old school classical liberals left. They are now, I would say, the moderate 
part of the conservative movement. I would include myself in that. So, you know, he talks about Ted Cruz there and it's like, he has to, he makes a little joke about Ted Cruz, but then in essence, he's saying, yeah, Ted Cruz says you have to, you know, pay for stuff with money. In essence, meaning, oh, Ted Cruz believes in the rule of law, believes in capitalism, believes that this thing that we're all doing is pretty decent and that's better than the Democrats. But it's like, until you're willing to say, I might vote for someone like Ted Cruz, then we still have a problem. Now I wanna give Bill Maher room, by the way, to, to make that adjustment, right? So it's like a few, last week we did the video where he was talking about how Florida, saying how great it is in Florida. But then he said, I'm not moving to Florida. And it's like, mm, Bill, Bill, maybe you should move to Florida. You live in Los Angeles, which is a shithole run by these people who show up to SoFi Stadium without masks while they put everyone else in masks. So, so that's a bit of a disconnect there. It's like, what's at the end? So Bill went on to talk about why the people on the right like him so much lately. A few weeks ago, Fox News' Dana Perino, a former Bush press secretary, suggested that the Democrats should recruit me to run for president, which is kind of special. Interesting to see if Bill Maher is recruited to run for um, the presidency. Let's get this straight. It's not me who's changed. It's the left, who is now made up of a small contingent who've gone mental and a large contingent who refused to call them out for it. But I will. That's why I'm a hero at Fox these days. Which shows just how much liberals have their head up their ass, because if they really thought about it, they would have made me a hero on their media. But Okay, I think I'm a bit of an expert on this as the why I left the left guy. Have you seen the video? It's on the YouTube. And I wrote a whole book defending classical liberalism. Um, but there's a couple interesting things here. First off, the fact that Dana Perino on Fox News is saying, you know, Bill Maher should run for president shows you that conservatives actually like disagreement with people in a sane way. Like conservatives, and I see this all the time, all the time. People come up to me on the street and say, well, Dave, what happened to the old school liberals? We used to like arguing about things. Okay, so they were pro-choice, we were pro-life. Okay, they wanted more taxes, we wanted less taxes. But what happened to those people you could argue with decently? And they're pretty much gone. So what I think Bill is missing there, he's calling the radicals a small element and the, and the good liberals, he's saying they're the majority. I don't think so anymore. And if they are the majority, if they're the silent majority and they won't do jack shit about it, then there's a problem. Now, to that point, I again applaud Bill for standing up against this. This is a fight worth taking. And for all these years where I was say shifting or realizing where there was fertile ground for ideas and where I could make allies versus the scorched earth, I always said you could find probably 50 videos of me saying if my liberal friends prove me wrong, if they can actually save the Democratic Party from this nonsense, I will gladly have a mea culpa. Absolutely, I'll be like, boy, I really missed the ball on that one. You guys sure were right. You really did stop the wokesters, but there's no evidence of it. So when, they, when he talks about San Francisco crumbling or all these democratic places crumbling, the good liberals don't have the wherewithal to stop it. And what the problem is, so what that leads us to in the final conclusion is unless you are going to support Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, who's running against critical race theory, and unless you are gonna support Ron DeSantis, who's keeping the state open, 
if you are gonna not support the people who are doing the whole freaking thing, but you're just gonna constantly say, I'm still a liberal, these people are all idiots, but somehow you can't really vote for the people who are doing the right thing because they're racist or they believe in God or they're morons or something, then there's a problem. But I will continue to try to have this conversation because I think it's an important one to have. I think we all have to think these things through. And, and, and by the way, the difference here, as you can see, is not really a difference of opinion. Sure, there's some, there's some difference of political opinion between what Bill Maher believes and what, say, a conservative believes, or even what I believe. Uh, this is a difference about tactics. And I would also say, and then I'll move on, is that maybe, and I think this is what Bill, uh, Bill is a little bit confused by, Maybe there is a fundamental flaw in liberalism. And I've talked about this a bit, and this was not something that I wanted to, to accept, uh, but this is something that I think that Jordan Peterson helped me fully evolve on. That a purely secular liberalism that has no truth outside of itself, that has no truth outside of what man believes, will end up believing almost anything. So while Bill is railing against the trans stuff and the woke stuff, it's like, Maybe that is just an extension of what secularism, secular, godless sort of liberalism leads to. And there are a few people, a few people who as individuals can behave in, in a certain moral framework and build something really good and truly liberal without a bigger structure behind it or above it or around it. But most people cannot and societies can't. So everywhere that liberals move to become these horrible places. And it's not because liberals are bad people. It's not because the idea of liberal, liberalism is wrong. It's because it's maybe not holistic enough. So again, I would love to continue to have that conversation and hopefully have it with Bill at some point. I sense that that is in the works. I've said too much. Uh, okay, let's move on to the final story. Uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, who's been uh, you know, in the Senate forever, basically. He's run for president a couple of times. He sometimes kind of gets it as a conservative, as a Republican, then sometimes doesn't get it. Uh, well, he's back to the doesn't get it part. Uh, as you know, uh, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is stepping down. We covered that last week. And Joe Biden has said that he's going to have a black woman replace her because of course, that's what we care about most here in the United States. Here's Joe himself. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and... So Joe wants a black woman replacing Stephen Breyer, who happens to be a white man. Now, I don't believe that a Supreme Court seat is owned by any one person. I certainly don't believe it's owned by anyone's skin color or gender, uh, but ironically, saying that you're going to give a job to someone based on the color of their skin and by their gender uh, is actually against the Civil Rights Act of 1963. 63 or 64, I always get that. Civil Rights Act, is it 63 or 64? Give me a number on that. Um, so already, we're doing something very bad here. Now, how do I link this to Lindsey Graham? Well, you'd think that every sane conservative or, or just sort of every sane, freedom-loving person uh, would be against this idea that we would be injecting race into who we hire, into who gets confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. The Civil Rights Act, 1964. I will lock that in the brain going forward. Uh, but Lindsey Graham, no, he's completely fine with Biden's idea here, the idea that we're gonna have just a black woman be the next And Supreme President Reagan said, running for office, that he wanted to put the first female mm -hmm. on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm gonna pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of 
qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go on to the court. So I don't, concede that, I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court, making the court more like America in the history of our country. We've only had uh, five women serve mm -hmm. and two African-American men. Man, sorry, Lindsey Graham, you're exactly the type of politician that we don't need anymore. You really are. We don't need that pandering drivel. Nobody is saying that there aren't thousands, thousands, literally, probably hundreds of thousands of qualified black women to sit on the Supreme Court. Great legal minds, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody's saying that. Everyone knows that that is. But as a marker, as the original starting point, that here is the pool that I will select from. We have a giant pool, but my pool will just be black women. It's not that you're not gonna pick the best person because the, be the best person might be a black woman. But first, it's against the law. It's against the law to hire based on skin color and gender. That's number one. A law, by the way, that had a little something to do with the Supreme Court in the first place. But also this pandering drivel, that's why you're becoming irrelevant, Lindsey Graham. This pandering drivel that it will be a black woman. Well, why not a Native American woman? Why not an Indian woman? I mean, Indian from India woman. Why not an Asian woman? Are there any Chinese American Supreme Court justices, Korean Supreme Court justices? But no, why do we keep going to that group of people? Could it be because we're the ones that actually wanna basically bribe them? We wanna endlessly bribe them so that they'll keep voting for us because otherwise none of our policies actually work for them. And Lindsey Graham, you're now part of it. You're part of it. So this is, this is neo-racism. There is no one, and this is one of the things to get to the previous segment that I would want Bill Maher to come around to. There is no one on the right, in mainstream on the right, who wants anyone judged by the color of their skin. That isn't to say that there aren't some far right racists somewhere. There are. But there is no one mainstream, there is no thought leader, there is no politician that wants people treated differently based on the color of their skin, their gender, and at this point, even their sexuality. But it is a mainstream idea on the left. It is within the ethos of the Democratic Party, and I wish Bill Marluck fixing that because he's going against Joe Biden and he's going basically against Republican light, but I would say at this point, basically Democrat, Lindsey Graham as well. Uh, all right, guys, I think we had a full show today. I got a long day of doing stuff at the house and fixing up some studio stuff and a bunch more. And then as I said, if you can still get tickets, perhaps Dave Rubin is gonna be the surprise opening act for Jordan Peterson this evening, perhaps. And it's a big surprise, you know, it's a big surprise. Uh, but before we finish up, you know, every Monday at the Rubin Report community, we do Meme Monday over there where we get people to share their favorite meme of the week. This is how we kick off the week. Here's my meme from today. I hope my government will let me go outside today. I felt that that was sort of appropriate in light of all the, uh, the COVID stuff and the Spotify stuff, the Rogan stuff, the Canada stuff and the rest of it. And now hundreds of people are throwing their memes in. So if you'd like to join us, it's a fun way to kick off the week. You can go to rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, part three of my interview with Florida Senator Marco Rubio is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. The full episode is already up at rubenreport.locals.com. All right, we've got a full day today. Hope you enjoy the day. I hope your week gets off to a good start and we'll do it again tomorrow. Ciao.
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.